Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Leads, a podcast about stories and the people who tell them. I'm Jeanette, your host. Now, humans love stories. We tell them to others and to ourselves. Some stories are easy, like when you tell yourself that your boss is in a bad mood today because she fought with her husband this morning. That's a short story and it's not a story that goes anywhere, but it's still a story. Some stories are harder to tell especially when you have to follow leads and track down the people who are part of that story. In this first episode, I talked to Kim Chong from ThirstMac about how she tracked down the story of the Jungle Bird cocktail. It took her two years to do it and she had to follow heaps of leads, she had to track down different people and it was a difficult story to track down but a story worth telling because um, if you don't already know, The Jungle Bird was actually a cocktail created in Malaysia. It was the welcome drink in the original KL Hilton when it first opened. But who created it and how did it get its name? Kim unearthed the story and in this episode you'll get to hear the story of how she did it. As this is a new podcast and I'm rather new to the whole production process, there are some teething issues. But I hope to work that out in future episodes. Now let's hear from Kim. Jungle is such a significant cocktail to the Malaysian bartending uh, scene mm-hmm. that two years, three years ago, I can't remember exactly the date, it's probably two, two years ago, somebody just asked like, who created this Jungle cocktail? You know, so kind of research, wiki, whatever, nobody knew who created it. They only said it was from, you know, KL Hilton at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was quite significant because, you know, obviously it got into an American bartending book. Malaysia's on the map. So it's being classified as classic cocktail. We must find out who's the creator. You think about it, it was in the 70s it was created. Maybe that guy is still alive, you know? There was a- <laughs> So I made it a mission to find out who it was because I know my time was short. If that guy would have been a bartender at that time in the 70s, even if he started off at 20 years old, can you imagine how old he is now? Yeah. So if if I'm lucky, I'll find out that he's still alive. If he's not, maybe his family is still around, you get what I mean? It was very tough. It was very tough to find out who it was because Malaysia is not a very good place for uh, literature recordings, especially Mm -hmm. recipes, especially things to do with, I don't know, uh, food, drinks, farmers, things like that. We're just not very good at it. I actually went to uh, our library and the uh, Akit Negara. I couldn't find anything. I don't know how to use them. I give up. It's... It's easier to talk to people in the industry. The industry is small. The drinks industry in Malaysia is tiny. So people know um, one another, you know. There is a chain of it. Once you know this guy, he will introduce you to another guy, the older guy, and the older guy. And eventually you will find out the person that you have been looking for. So that was my hope then. So when I was going through this research at the beginning, the obvious place to look for was Hilton. But Hilton, KL Hilton, the first KL Hilton was closed. And uh, I thought there would be a continuity with the new Hilton KL. So I approached them. Um, I said, well, I would like to do this Jungle Bird story. 
and I want to find out if you guys have any record of the person who created it. It would be yeah. obvious, right? It's under the Hilton brand. Yeah. And honestly, they couldn't do much about it. Uh, they said, look, uh, it's a different management altogether. Uh, the brand was transferred and looked after by another property owner. Mm-hmm. They have no link. Uh, but that time I was promised that, oh, we, we will find out who it is for you because we have access, right? Right. But I waited and waited and waited. It, it wasted quite a bit of my time because that time I wanted to publish my first issue of Thirst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the story was to be Jungle Bird. And it was running out of time. So I couldn't just wait for Hilton to come back to me. But they said, look, we even have the stirrer. No, I was very disappointed. We did a photo shoot there uh, with Giri, Giri Pancha. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the bartender in uh, the lounge uh, bar downstairs at uh, Hilton Kelvin. So we did a really good photo shoot. I wanted to do that story, but I waited for too long. I decided, okay, forget it. I have to pursue another lead. So after that, someone who has worked for Hilton KL, uh, the new, now Hilton KL, she's moved to Intercontinental. Um, what's her name? Uh, Wiki. <sighs> Wiki moved to Intercontinental. And she remember I was pursuing this um, story. She said, Kim, I remember you're looking for people who are working for the old KL Hilton. I know exactly the person who has started working there from day one until it shut. I'm like, no way. Okay, tell me who it is. And she's like, oh, he's now working as uh, an ambassador in uh, Intercontinental. So I went and meet him. His name is Jason. Mm-hmm. Jason, I, I bet you have read the story about what Jason was doing before KL Hilton. He was basically looking for an opportunity in KL. He was actually working in a construction site yeah. for KL Hilton then. And then he got spotted, like, you know, in the lift, right? In oh, the lift, like yeah. yeah. So the, the GM at that time was just a thing. You can speak English. Why didn't you come and apply for a job, you know, in the new hotel? He was like, why not? <laughs> so basically he was given a hint. He's like, look, you want to score a job here? Go and be a lift boy. That day, dress up this and be the lift boy. And I'll make sure you get a job there, right? So he got money from this dude. Um, he went and buy um, his suit and his really nice pants. And he was the lift boy, knowing that the GM was going to be there that day. And he made an impression. Ever since then, he was the, the butler for Cal Hilton. And he was hosting a lot of uh, different polit- politicians uh, from around the world because Cal Hilton was the only place that was high class enough to uh, to host all these international conferences and functions, right? Mm-hmm. So he was showing me uh, pictures and all that. And so I asked him, Jason, can you tell me who created this drink? He's like, I don't know, but I know some bar boys. Um, I can give you a number. So he started, he just took out his really ancient phone, like not ours, ours is touch. He's is like punch pad. Oh, wow. Punch pad phone. So he was just dialing a number and he was like talking to one of his old colleagues and said, look, I have a, a journalist here who's looking for the bartender who created the Jungle Bird cocktail. Can you help? Do you remember? And that guy's like, uh, let me talk to a few guys and come back to you. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that was not the only lead that I had. 
I was going on Facebook, you know, um, when you're looking for information now, you just type in a keyword, hoping that you'll come across information that link to what you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously in the past, um, there were very little information about uh, stuff like that online. But I came across a group that, um, who, a bunch of DJs who have worked in uh, Tin Mine in KL Hilton. Tin Mine mm -hmm. at that time was like the hottest discotheque in town in the 70s, right? Because the brand was from London, uh, Juliana. Uh, it was uh, it's a brand from London uh, that they have all these uh, international DJs, super hot DJs in Malaysia as well to be spinning there. And this guy was an ex-DJ in Tin Mine and created a Facebook page uh, to get together all these DJs. He, it, it is his little pet project that he wants to, you know, find out what, what were the famous discotheque at that time. So I got in touch with him. I said, look, um, I don't know if you could help because I'm looking for a bartender who has created this drink and I want to know who it is, whether he's a Malaysian. That's the biggest question that the Malaysian bartenders were asking or he's a foreigner. Mm -hmm. We were really much hoping that it, it is Malaysian because okay. then the legacy continues, right? Instead of, ah, yeah, it's another white guy who's created <laughs> a, a cocktail from Malaysia that put me yeah. on the, ah. <laughs> then, then I will probably be not be as passionate as I am for the story because then yeah. I just cut it short. Okay, full stop, bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but eventually, uh, actually, when I published uh, the first issue of the magazine, the story actually said that it was a white guy who created it. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, food and beverage director of KL Hilton at that time. It would make sense because I didn't know the history much about the cocktail scene in Malaysia then. But actually, a lot of bar boys, they call them bar boys then, not bartenders, not fancy, no mixologies, nothing. They were bar boys, yeah. So a lot of bar boys worked in KL Hilton were actually from Federal Hotel and Melia Hotel. They were not five-star hotels, but they were hotels with lounges and bars inside as well. So these bar, bar boys were already making classic cocktails, you know. So uh, they already had their foundation about classic cocktails. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a new thing for them. Yes, they weren't creating their new, you know, cocktail, but they were making good classics then, you know. Mm -hmm. So the story go back to... Uh, talking to this guy. I didn't know. I didn't know that uh, the bar boys were, were good at cocktails then. I only thought, I uh, must be a white guy, la, you know, bringing their culture. It's a Western culture. In yeah. the end of the day. You know, you just have to admit it. And uh, I just sealed it and say, well, it's a German guy who created it. But after that, as I dug more and more, I, I actually got to know the bartenders who were in the starting team of KL Hilton. Uh, so the book was, the magazine is published and uh, Tin Mind Facebook posted it up on the Facebook group. And uh, it was picked up by the bar boys then who were also part of the community. And they were like, the glassware is not that. It didn't look like that. What is that garnish there? You know, why does it look like that? And uh, everyone started to uh, comment on that uh, on that thread, and I wanted to push it further. So I told the um, the moderator, I said, "Can you ask them who knew uh, the person who created it?" Someone replied and said, "Oh, I think it's um, 
I think it's uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey Ong. No, who's Jeffrey Ong? I can't find him on Facebook. Is that his real name? How to spell it properly? And obviously you can't find him because he's a very discreet person. He didn't have a Facebook page. He's not on any record at all. I'm like, does anyone still in touch with him? Are you sure it's him who created it? That guy's like, yeah, I'm very sure. We're in the opening team and, you know, if you want to talk more, we just meet up. But I did meet up with, with the guy who, who put out the but I met with the guy who now actually owns a wine uh, distribution and import business. So I went and uh, meet him because it was a, a, an invitation by Angel Ong from PS150 uh, and Ash at the vault because he, he actually heard this guy, David Hong, talk about uh, him his time during KL Hilton. So Ash is like, that's it. I'm going to get a meeting together with you and Kim and Angel, and we talk about this thing and see whether we figured out who the creator was. During that meeting, uh, David was telling us, look, um, I don't know why you guys like this cocktail. It's so damn sweet. <laughs> why are you so insisting on wanting to find out? Like, our time when we make cocktails, we just make cocktails, you know? There's no nothing fancy about, about the whole profession at all. You're just there doing a job. You know, and he was in the wine department and said, I know this guy, uh, you know, he, he's basically the beverage uh, manager at that time. And there were six uh, F&B outlets in uh, KL Hilton. He had to come up with the drinks menu for all the six outlets. And uh, so he created a lineup of drinks and Jungle Book was picked to be the signature cocktail for Aviari Bar, which is the, the bar where they serve the cocktail from. So every guest that goes to uh, KL Hilton will be served a welcome drink and Jungle Bird was the welcome drink. So David's like, yeah, well, you know, that was the best. They picked that. They said it's, 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 it's the best one to welcome guests with. It just got put there, you know, and the name was come up with the by the German beverage director then because the Aviary bar had a netted bird area outside of it. it. It's next to the pool where people in the bar can actually see the birds flapping about outside. And uh, that is to commemorate uh, basically the, the birds, you know, in Malaysia, right. very, very, they didn't say specifically what kind of birds, but obviously tropical birds right. and uh, somewhere I read that uh, someone was saying that the birds were referring to the KL bird park birds. Oh, I, I don't know if I agree with that because I, I don't know what when the KL bird park was open and I don't think it, the cocktail was named after the KL bird park birds. Right. Uh, because of that bird cage, it's already at outside of Aviary Bar. I think it's more of the birds there instead of the birds elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But then I can't find anyone to verify that. So that was also the same time that we debunked the theory of the cocktail being created by a Westerner. Because the food and beverage director then is a German guy. He was a chef. Mm -hmm. He's not a bartender. So he didn't care much about drinks. 
he looked after the food side of things. That's why Jeff had to come up with the beverage menu. Mm-hmm. But no one knew where Jeffrey was. So I said, David, do you know, are you in touch with Jeffrey? He's like, I don't know, lost touch. He's like, how many years already, right? Yeah. So that was that. Um, I just tried to find out what Jeffrey Ong's real name was and no one knew. Uh, it was very frustrating. Like my lead died then, you know, it's like up to a point I knew Jeffrey Ong created it because a few sources verified it. But is he alive? That was my next mission. Is he then alive? It was so hard because um, I tried approaching a friend in Penang because I know that Jeffrey Ong was from Penang. And uh, he said, let me talk to the people in the hotel industry. Maybe they know. No one got back to him. Um, and I thought, ah, that's it lah, you know. I don't know his real name. I probably would never meet him. And one day, uh, every month, there's a thing called Whiskey Fling in Single and Available in uh, BSC. So it happens that I went there with my colleague then. And we met. Yap, who is the CEO uh, of the Hotel Association of Malaysia. So someone was, his wife is also a journalist. She's like, you published a Jungle Bird article. I said, yeah, I'm still looking for uh, the creator. And she's like, what's his name? Uh, I said, Jeffrey Ong. You must read the updated article that I posted online. She said, I will read it. And by the way, this is my husband. He's the, you know, the CEO of, uh, you know, hotels in Malaysia. I'm like, maybe you can help. <laughs> I'm looking for this guy, you know, <laughs> Jeffrey Ong. He said, I, I know how, you know, do you have his real name? Say like, no. But the last time he was there 10 years ago, he was working for CityTel in Penang. And that is his hometown. Can you track down whoever worked for CityTel 10 years ago and see whether whether they know his real name. Let me make a call. He did. He just did his WhatsApp, WhatsApp. And he make a call and like, we know where Jeffrey Ong is. <laughs> oh my God. No way. No way. What are the chances? I was actually debating whether to go to the Whiskey Fling that day. If I didn't go, I wouldn't have found out that yeah. I wouldn't have met Yap. I wouldn't have everything. This is a chain of reaction. I wouldn't have found out then who Jeffrey Ong was. So he said, okay, let me get back to you where he is and whether or not you can visit him. I said, all right. Um, then, then he actually texted me back the next day and said, I think, I think we know where he is, but I, I don't think the family wants anyone to meet him. I was kind of disappointed, but he's still alive, right? He said, yeah, yeah, he's still alive. Uh, I'll, I'll find out where he is right now and then get back to you. But then I was also traveling then. When he texted me, I was already in Singapore. And then I received an email. I was actually by the pool, reading the book, and I was checking my email. Say, someone read, picked up this Jungle Bird cocktail article and emailed me and said, I heard that you are looking for my dad. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh and uh, she said, can I call you? I'm like, okay, I'm in Singapore. But yes, you can call me. She's like, um, I am Jeffrey Ong's daughter. 
I'm I'm right now with him in Penang. I know you have been looking for him, and then you think that he's the creator for the cocktail. I said yes. Is he? I think so. I think so because he has been talking about it. But I have been also re researching about all these articles that you wrote. The timeline and everything match. Um, and I said I want I want to meet him, and she's like. I'm only here for two weeks because she's, she works in America and she only comes back once a year. And uh, she's like, I'm only here for two weeks and it's one more week before I leave to go back to America. Would you be able to come up to Penang? I said, yes, I'll fly <laughs> as soon as I get back to Singapore. So I booked my flight. I, I went to Penang. I didn't get to meet her because she already left, uh, but her mom was around. So uh, I brought the friend that in Penang, Ben Ng, with me to go and meet Jeffrey Ong and the wife. They were they he he's in the care home, mm -hmm. and like we we cannot reveal where he is. But by the time I saw him, he was already not communicating. Mm -hmm. he, he yeah. So so I could talk to him. He could react and respond, but he couldn't speak. Uh, but he, so we introduced ourselves and I was telling him, look, this cocktail and all. But obviously the wife and the daughter has been telling him about the story as well. And you can see his eyes glistening. And he actually said, Jungle Bird, for someone who could not speak anymore. He was speaking out jungle bird. I was like, I was so tearful. <laughs> I was oh so touched. Yeah. I looked at him and I was like, I can't believe I missed it by two years. Yeah. Because the wife told me, if you have seen him two years ago, you would have still been able to talk to him. Right. That was the biggest regret, <laughs> biggest, biggest regret of my life. <laughs> but I'm so happy if I know who is. Yeah. Yeah, ever since then, I updated the story. And that's it. You know, it's like, there's a closure now for us about the cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now Amazing. our mission is to, is to promote this cocktail to uh, all the bars in Malaysia that all the bartenders should know, or and even uh, Malaysian consumers should know that Jungle Book cocktail is a classic cocktail created by a Malaysian. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everyone everyone knows about Singapore Sling. Their marketing is really good. You know, Raffles Hotel were uh, like paying a lot of attention to really market the cocktail, but Malaysia isn't doing it. Why? Why are we so behind? When to be honest. Jungle Bird is much better than Singapore Sling. <laughs> yeah, and it's much of a plus than, than anything else, you know. Um, so, yeah, Jungle Bird is legendary and people yes. should really feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you picked it up and you want to do the story as well because to me, it is very important for our F&B um, industry in Malaysia in terms of our development. If we don't have enough journalists to record what our bar scene and our F&B industry is developing, 
we will always be in the third world holiday destination that no one remembers. Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the years, when I have, I have been judging a lot of cocktail competition, I find that Malaysian bartenders have really good palate. But Malaysian bartenders have one thing that they, they lack of, presentation skill and confidence. You know, mm -hmm. it's just not, our education just not, uh, they, they don't structure us that way. We yeah. don't, we, we don't, uh, we are not a community that is very good in literacy. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, we don't have a strong study culture. We, we don't, we can't express or communicate our thoughts very well. And, uh, that is making us uh, a bit far behind from our neighboring country like Singapore. Yeah. So that there's something we need to improve and we need to get more beverage journalists, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so on that note, uh, maybe you can tell me about like what you want to, I mean, uh, the bigger picture that you want to achieve with uh, Thirst Mag and like uh, the process behind uh, you know, ideating your stories and then uh, executing on them. Like, what, what's your process like? Okay. Well, I guess there are two parts of it that you're asking me. So, first of all, when I started this, it was, it was in 2012. It was after, um, after Ben Ng and I uh, collaborate. I mean, Ben Ng started this thing called KL Cocktail Week. Mm -hmm. That was in 2011, I think, or 2012. I can't remember. So I was working with Time Out KL then. Uh, so I knew a bartender who was also the vice president of the Malaysia Bartender Association then. So they were doing this KL cocktail week and he introduced Benang to me. Benang said, look, I just want a media partner for this event. It's a week long cocktail thing that, you know, it's educational, get a trade together. So I said, yeah, sure. Um, let's do it. So the, during the collaboration, I attended all of their functions. They had masterclasses then, workshops, you know, uh, uh, trade talks. And to me, that was such an eye-opening experience. You know, I drink, but I didn't know there were so many layers into the drinking culture. It's, it's not just getting drunk, sloshed in a party, yeah. you know. that It is a craft to be putting together a menu that for a restaurant that people keep coming back. Mm -hmm. You know, chef would have their problem of putting together a menu to keep the customers coming back. So do bartenders. And then I was doing a lot of research, like what you're doing now, trying to find out, oh, you know, is there a, a platform or any media that is actually doing, promoting the bar, the bar scene? There wasn't. And I thought the bartenders were so underappreciated. I must do something about it. So I started this. Mm -hmm. it, I knew, I knew I couldn't do print. <laughs> it's basically so, so I just started a website, uh, created a domain, uh, domain name, uh, created a logo, get someone to design a website, do it like really seriously, like proper. Not, not just go on a, a website and get a blog spot, you know? Yeah. That's not me. I'm not a blogger. I'm not a writer. But... I wanted to start something like this. It's an idea. So I'm sure I could get people to write about it, but it's so hard. So many years, 
there aren't that many drinks writer still six years down the line i still struggle to find writers who are very much into drinks and who can understand the history and the significance about uh, drinks to mm. our history and to our culture there are a few now like michael chung yeah he's very you know and uh, obviously there are also a few more journal journalists who are very much getting into drinks okay when it comes to your part of how we structure stories and how we find out or how i find out what kind of story i should tell i think the one question as journalists you have to ask yourself how significant is this story? Uh, so, sorry, it, could you repeat that? How significant it, is this story after you have written about it? What kind of, what is the reason why you want to write about it, right? Do you want to just do a, a repertoire, a, 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 you know, a reportage? Um, you just want to report what's going on. This is exactly what we do, right? Whatever things that is happening, we report it. And the second thing, you want to think about is why do I want to report this? Is there any significance into, uh, you know, uh, having recorded this? It's almost like Wikipedia, right? Mm -hmm. You recorded all sorts of stuff and uh, history events. What kind of significance it creates? To me, it is important to record things that's happening in Malaysia and uh, surrounding. It's because people change outlet open and outlet close. There are mm -hmm. outlets who are way ahead of their time. That's a good idea, but not a good idea at that time, yeah. but a good idea now, you know? Um, and it, it is always important to have such recording because then you can learn. You know, history is all about learning the lesson. And the third thing you have to think about whether you want to write a story is, would you yourself want to read it? Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to know about it, then they're bound to be other people who want to know about it too. So when I wrote about Jungle Bird, I knew that it's going to serve the community of bartenders to find out, you know, give them a closure. Second thing, I also think that consumers in Malaysia would be able to take pride on a drink that actually belongs to the country, you know, yeah. that you can go anywhere around the world, say you are in Australia, Perth, whatever, in a bar, you can go there and say, I'm a Malaysian. And we'll like a Jungle Bird cocktail. And they will be able to make that cocktail for you. Yeah. This is, this is a thing that is so... I, I think we should take pride of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long did it take you to, like, finish that story? Actually, two years. If, if you wow. want to wrap it up, it's, it's two years. Because after I met um, uh, <gasps> Jeffrey, and I, I couldn't... I couldn't bring myself to write about it because I, I feel that I have failed in, uh, in, in actually connecting him because my thought was, if that guy is still alive, I want to create an event that he will be able to be there. Mm. Um, so I, I couldn't write about it, but I did an update. My third article, I did an update. It wasn't, it wasn't a great article. It's just, it's just reporting of who it was. That's it, you know? There, there wasn't it, a lot of emotion in it. I just feel like, okay, closure. But lately, I have written a full length of the article that I submitted to Feiku Award. It got long listed, but not short listed. So I think I, I can actually publish it now for 
on onto first itself like a full length of article that people can read from from the beginning to the end. Yeah, yeah I'm excited about... to read that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. last this year in July as well, we did a gin rummy event, a gin and rum festival, and the theme was jungle bird. So I got together fourteen outlets to do their own version of jungle bird and uh, got the brands to sponsor them to run a two weeks promotion so that it could create some awareness to, um, to the consumers. But I don't think it was impactful enough. Things are not impactful enough. It feels like it's quite a waste of energy for a lot of people. I think it didn't make such a, in, an impact. It's because people don't, don't know the significance behind the story of the drink itself. And I think uh, outlet has to play a big role in educating their consumers. And most of the time, bartenders just don't have the time to sit down and tell the customer what this drink is about. So as publisher, I, I feel that, you know, we can do a lot more. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, on a closing note, maybe you can give me like a, a one-liner, like a piece of advice for people who want to uh, tell their own stories. Like what kind of advice would you give them? Don't tell a story that you yourself are not interested in listening to. Amazing parting words from Kim Chong of Thirst Mag. Don't tell a story that you yourself are not interested in listening to or reading or experiencing. As someone who's super into cocktails, it was amazing to listen to how she tracked down the creator of the Jungle Bird cocktail. Oftentimes, telling a good story involves digging up information and documenting the journey. As Kim mentioned, in Malaysia, we lack this culture of documentation, especially when it comes to the F&B industry. There are so many people who are doing amazing work, and I'd love to see those stories told. I hope to be able to tell some of those stories. But of course, there are already people who are telling stories within the F&B industry. And one of them is Matt Ong and his food journey videos. And that's who I'm talking to in the next episode of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. If you have feedback, please feel free to drop me a line at facebook.com slash leadspodcast. That's L-E-D-E-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, Leads Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jeanette and this is Leeds.